Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Montgomery entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Andrew O'Brien. He built a software that helps authors, speakers, coaches, and experts land real interviews in as little as an hour. And with like top, we're talking top news here, right? Top publications. And he's the world's first digital influence platform, leveraging earned media to build a fan base. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this because when we first met and I saw your landing page, I thought this can't be real (laughs) because there's a lot of false hopes out there. And so I'm really excited to share your journey with everybody and for everyone to hear your journey and what you have created. So let's start there. Can you start with your entrepreneurial journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I was in the army from 2007 to 2011. I got out for about two years and I had no idea what I was supposed to do with my life. It's like being a teenager getting out of mom and dad's house, right? So I was jumping in between jobs, couldn't figure out where I fit in. I've always had this entrepreneurial passion inside of me. Since I was eight years old, I would go door knocking at apartment complexes and take people's trash to the dumpster for a dollar. I've just always been an entrepreneur since I can ever remember. And then in 2013, I found out the news that 22 veterans were taking their own life every day. And I was like, man, that's something I could change. That's, it was like, it hit me. That's what I want to do. So I started trying to get my story out there to motivate these men and women of the military to not take that action, to not take their own life. And I built a Facebook page. I ran ads. I tried everything. I listened to all the gurus, but I couldn't, I didn't have the money for ads because I was working a job where I was making $24,000 a year, right? And that was barely enough to pay my bills. So I didn't have anything extra left over. I had to figure out what fit for me. So I ended up going after news. I was like, I heard about it in the news. Maybe they'll share my story in the news too. And I started pitching the news. I tried over and over again. And so I found the pitch that worked and I was interviewed on Fox News Austin as my first interview. Didn't really change my life. And then my second news interview was the Austin American Statesman. And that one changed my life. He wrote this really good piece. It actually landed front page on the Austin American Statesman, which is huge. And then it was picked up by the Associated Press and spread throughout the world and landed me front page on the Stars and Stripes, which is a newspaper on every military base there is. And that led into people hiring me to come out and speak. The United States military hired me to come out and speak on bases. I did that for three years. I got to travel the world. Spoke in places like Japan, Italy, South Korea, Russia, Hawaii, Alaska, all over the United States. I got to travel for three years and it was awesome. And then politicians got involved, budgets got cut, and they couldn't afford to pay me anymore. So I had to figure out what to do next. And I realized, hey, I got really good at getting in the news. So I launched a PR firm and I broke seven figures my first year in launching a PR firm because one of my first clients is this guy named Russell Brunson. And he's a very well-known person in the marketing space. He owns a company called ClickFunnels. And so I signed up with him. He was very impressed by what I did. He gave me shout outs and I just exploded overnight. And I was in my mid twenties and I thought all that money was my money, not my business's money. So I spent it all 
and crashed and burned a couple years later. Took a few years off, and now I'm here. What I realized, I got really good at getting in the news. I got really good at the press. I didn't want to get back into the agency space. Chat GPT launched, which is AI, and I saw the amazing power behind AI. And I was like, man, we could use this and build a software to help people get their own stories out there. Because if I never got my story out there, I would have never saved the lives that I got to save or experienced the things I got to experience because I didn't have the money for all this paid advertising. And that's why we built the software. I love that. Walking through your journey, what are you grateful for? I am grateful that I failed. And it's easy to say that now. It wasn't easy to say while I was failing. But if I didn't go through all those experiences and the major success to the major failure, the most important thing to remember is that I hit major success. I never thought I'd be capable of that. Before my seven-figure PR firm, my best year public speaking was 80000 That was my best year. And that was a lot of money to me then, right? And then I, I hit 100000 plus a month, and I realized how much I was capable of. And even though I had to go through the failure experience, I never would have thought I was capable of that. Let me ask you this. When you crashed and burned, what did you end up doing initially to just so survive? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I crashed and burned, I ended up building a second community called Vetpreneur Tribe, which is the largest community of military veteran entrepreneurs. And I launched a mastermind and I shared my experiences of the PR world in that mastermind. And I scaled that to 100 members paying $97 a month to be part of that. I was making 10 grand a month doing that. And that was easy because it was only four hours of work. We had one call a week four weeks a month. So four hours a month, I was making a hundred grand a year doing that. And that was enough to step back and try to figure out who I was. And I ended up getting rid of that Panora tribe. And I had to go through a lot of personal growth between my business failure to today, because I needed to figure out how to become a better man, a better husband, a better father. And all those experiences led into that. And I lost a child in 2019. Oh, and wow. that led into me having to look at my life, look at who I was as a father. I was always angry, never hurt my kids, but I wasn't fun. They feared to talk to me because I was always mad all the time. And I realized I had some childhood stuff I need to process and go through. So I walked across Texas in July of 2019. I was on the side of I-35. I walked 100 miles to go visit my mom in prison, who's there convicted of murder to forgive her for my childhood and process all my memories and really just get rid of all the old stuff so I could let the new future begin. Yeah. I always say that the entrepreneur journey, I'm like, it not only does it make you face your stuff from a mental health perspective, it challenges every, every survival tactic that you possibly have in your back pocket from your childhood that you didn't know, like every trigger that you possibly have because of that going super successful and then super not, I'm doing wonderful, doing not wonderful. <laughs> and I think because of that roller coaster ride that it can be, not that we don't strive to actually try to stay on top, but inevitably markets change, there's consistent change, you've got to change. And so it's not like a job where you could just set it up. Now I'm good for life. You've got to set it up and then consistently change and consistently grow. And yeah, it's amazing how much it transforms who you are on the inside and challenges you to continue to transform those things. 
And it's funny because you start to think, okay, if I just hit this number, I'll be good. I just need to get to this number in my business. Everything's going to be perfect. And then you get there and everything is great, but it, all things are temporary. Right. When it's great, that great is temporary. It's, it's going to be not great again. There's going to be great. Entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. And sometimes yeah. you're at the peak of the roller coaster. Sometimes you're at the bottom and it's nonstop resiliency is the number one skill set I think every entrepreneur has to have. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah. And I think if you're raised in a sort of a tur turbulent childhood, it prepares you. That's the positive, I think, of it, where things that are high risk don't scare you as much right. as the average person. Like there's some people out there, eh, I can't risk anything. But mm -hmm. then there's the rest of us that are like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I'm going to jump and hope the parachute opens. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if I like that. <laughs> That's so funny. So let's talk about uh, your business now. How does earned media differ from other forms of media, such as the paid and the owned media? And why does it make it valuable for your business? And if you could also include, because there's a lot of different places where you can just go submit a news release and then they make all these big promises and they don't necessarily deliver. So if you could talk a little bit about the value around what you're doing versus yeah. So what you just mentioned is one of my biggest pet peeves, right? So there are those services that you can pay that will they'll get your press release. You write the press release and we'll get it on every news site, hundreds of news sites. The thing is that goes on the back end of news sites that no one ever sees. That not that's not really earned media. That I don't count that as earned media because you didn't do anything to earn it. You just got your press release added to the back end of Fox News, NBC News, all the stuff. And then people use that and say, as seen on Fox, NBC, <laughs> CBS. I, I think that is a shady way of doing business because you didn't earn that interview, right? That's not a yeah. real interview. You just got added on the back end of a website. And then when people see that, especially in B2B, this is more geared towards the business to business side. A business to consumer, they don't really know the difference between a press release or an interview. So that's okay. But if you're servicing business owners who have all heard of these kinds of services before, and then now that as seen on banner means nothing because they think that you just paid for a press release to be put on the back end of a website, right? So it's destroying that trust that yeah. used to be there when people saw that as seen on banner. So I always say, avoid those. They don't really help you when getting earned media is actually easy. You don't have to do this press release on the back end of news sites deal. What I do, and the difference between earned media, social media, and owned media, right? Those are the three types of media. Social media, we all know, we all use it every day. They probably found this podcast by looking on social media, right? So we all use it. If you're in business, you have to have social media. The problem with social media is there's right now this 10 to 12 different versions, right? There's 11 now minimum because threads just launched, yeah. but there's so much social media and there's going to be more and there's always more. You got probably 12 that I can think of off the top of my head. And the thing is, is a lot of us become favoritism, right? Oh, I make all my money on Facebook or I make all my money on Instagram. I get my best responses on TikTok. So we get hyper-focused. Okay, I'm just going to focus on TikTok because that's where I'm getting the most views. Or I'm just going to focus on Instagram because that's where I'm most comfortable. But the reality is every brand should be on all social media platforms. There's not a platform that you shouldn't be on because if you're not on that platform, you're losing out on a potential audience. And being on that platform is free. It doesn't cost you any money. So yeah. I always say if the social media platform exists, you should exist on that platform. Owned media is like you're doing right now. It's your podcast, right? 
people count YouTube as social media. I count that more as owned media. It's your own TV show. It's your own web show, right? Podcasting is your own. It's your own show. A blog is your owned media, right? It's your owned newspaper. So owned media is all of these are important. You need social media. You need owned media. But earned media is the most intimidating that people think, oh, I'm not Mark Cuban. I'm not Elon Musk, so I can't get on the news. When the reality is, I've had a woodworker have Fox News come to his garage and do an interview on him. And this dude just made custom flags that you could hang in your house. That's it. That's all he did. And he got news coverage. And you could be the biggest name and get news coverage. But earned media is important because the difference is versus paid advertising more people trust earned media because it's exactly that. They know that you had to earn that media spot. You didn't buy it. Anyone can run an ad on Facebook if you're not selling guns or drugs or a politician. You can run ads on Facebook. And yeah. so it, the fact that anybody can buy that space makes trust a lot harder. Earning media, that builds that trust. And that's something you can't buy. You can't buy trust. Yeah, yeah. And to your points that you have made, I'll give two examples in my, when I first started, I didn't know digital marketing. I wasn't a marketer. I was a fresh out of Deloitte and I was like, I can help people do business development and because I, and a little bit of sales and marketing B2B and because I learned so much. Right. And I tried to figure out the online thing. One, my, my online presence back that was not very good, (laughs) but I also had to grow into that, but I also was out there trying to figure it out. And I'd look at these ads. I'm like, what are they doing? What's the secret? And now I know all the secrets, but back then I'm like, I couldn't figure it all out. And I remember paying for this one, I think it was brain something. I can't remember the name of the company, but when it's changed over the years, but I could pay to be on all these major websites, CN and all these, all the stuff. And they would put my YouTube videos up there. They would put articles up there and I just paid. And then it said, you could put as seen in. And that's exactly what I did. But what happened was exact same thing that you said that it would, where it's buried Mm -hmm. or it's on the side panel for five seconds. And so when I said, as seen in, everyone's like that you weren't seen in. Because I wasn't interviewed, I wasn't on the show or whatever it may be. And so then I felt I'm being honest and I'm trying to be honest because this is what they said that I could do, but it ended up coming across icky. And so then I took that all down. But then being on my TikTok, somebody else paid for me to be in the media, but not for what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And it was, she looks freakishly young for (laughs) being in her fifties. And I didn't want to, that doesn't do anything for me. Like, so yeah, there's so many ways that you could get it. And I was able to get that stuff removed and I learned how to get that removed. And uh, so there's so many icky ways that you can end up in the media or like a news station, just see you do a video. And then all of a sudden you've got this angle on you that you don't want. Right. So anyway, I thought I would mention because absolutely everything you said to a degree I experienced. (laughs) Right. And the biggest thing I tell everybody is that PR earned media is not a replacement to marketing. It's a steroid on top of marketing. Right. So I never say you want to do one or the other. You need marketing, but you also need PR. And everybody knows you need marketing to a point that everybody knows that you need that. But PR, I think, is one of the most underused tools in business because of the intimidation that I'm not worthy of it. I don't have a newsworthy story. 
or I'm not big enough. I don't make enough money. I don't drive a Lamborghini, right? Everybody thinks that you have to be this super successful person to be on TV when local news stations here in Dallas, Fort Worth, they're always looking for local stories, right? There's local restaurants could get in the news. Local made companies could get on that. There's so much opportunity there. And I'm not going to say that Getting a news interview isn't going to change your life where it's going to bring you tons of leads, but it becomes a great content to use in your marketing to bring in more business. It builds that trust and rapport when you can say, hey, watch this video of me being interviewed on Fox News Dallas, and you can repurpose that content in your marketing to build the trust with a cold audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to mention one thing that's going on out there. People will interview you on a free public TV station, and then they want to charge you for the recording. Yeah, And that's how they make the money. Say, so, oh, I just want to mention that. Don't do that either. To your point is, I think that a lot of people, they don't know where to go, what the process is and how to find the legit things. I mentioned to you, I did TV hosting training, learned how to do the red carpet, learned how to do infomercials. And I was like, I'm ready to do infomercials. Let's start. And then the pandemic happened. But even in that, like I was, I was taught more of, okay, now fly to LA and here's the publications of where you get everyone's names that you need to connect with while you're at these parties. And here's how to find the parties. And it was more of that kind of thing, (laughs) how to find the elites or whatever that I needed to connect with. And I wasn't quite ready for that, especially the pandemic hit. And, and then they're like, okay, great. Just try to go out into Dallas, just stay in Dallas. And there's tons of infomercials in Dallas. And I just, I did my little hosting reel. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's about where it ended. And I didn't go out and apply actively and all that. Could you walk us through the steps that you go through your media influence method? You help with the story piece, your, the messaging and, and landing the interview. Yeah. So we have three formulas that we follow. The media influence method is a method of using earned media to build and scale your business. Right. And there's different ways There's organic and paid advertising ways of doing the earned media method, but, or the meat, I'm sorry, media influence method. But the most important part, the first step is getting the earned media. And the first thing I mentioned is earned media is free. You didn't charge me to be on this podcast. I just did an interview yesterday with Forbes. They're covering Press Nation. And I got that for free, right? And that's on Forbes, the most prestigious, biggest name business publication that exists. And Even if you're not in business, Forbes, right? And that was free. And that's going to make a major impact on my business because of that. And again, it didn't cost me any money. So the steps that we take, the first step is what we call press hacking. And press hacking, even though hacking sounds like a negative word, is not a negative word. It's hacking your way into the press. And the way to do that, there's three options, right? You've got reporter interest, trending topics, or current events, right? So What that means is I want to make my story fit within that reporter's interest. So Press Nation is one business. My other business is Lone Star Dads, the largest community of dads in the state of Texas. And there's a recent holiday last month, right? And that holiday was Father's Day. And I knew that was my opportunity to press hack, right? That was my way of getting in the news. Who wouldn't want to cover the largest community of dads in Texas on Father's Day? So what I did was I made my story fit the holiday coming up, right? And if I was in a different business, say I was a a house cleaning company, say I was a a health coach and it's upcoming, the holidays coming up of breast cancer awareness. 
then I would do something to help breast cancer patients. If I'm a health coach, I would do some kind of major giveaway or something to change the impact of someone currently experiencing or have recently gone through breast cancer. Or if I'm a local service-based company and Mother's Day is coming up, say I own a house cleaning company, I would do a campaign where we're going to find a mom who's fallen on hard times and do a deep clean of her house completely free, right? Mm -hmm. And use that to get in the news. The news would cover that because it's a feel-good story. And if you think about when you, if you ever watch the news, it's a lot of negative, right? So they got to sprinkle in some good in there so it's not so depressing all the time. So they're always looking for those feel-good stories. So whether you own a made company, you're a, a big name coach, there's always an opportunity. That's press hacking. So right. there's a lot of people that struggle with the story piece and coming up with an angle that's going to attract media attention. So what advice would you give individuals or businesses trying to create, you kind of gave some examples around the holidays, but maybe it's not a holiday. How else would they go about that? Anytime it's local, make it local. All right. So the story has to impact the local community. That's what they care about. So say if I own a roofing company and I really want to stand out against all the other roofing companies and we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, where hail is huge. I bet there's hundreds, if not thousands of roofing companies in Dallas, Fort Worth. Right. So the biggest thing, how do you stand out? What I would do if I could afford it is I would offer to replace someone's roof for free. Find a local person who is experiencing, again, falling on hard times. Maybe they recently were in an accident. They lost their job. Now they're on disability. They accidentally let their home insurance policy lapse. And now they have a leaking roof and no way of replacing it because they don't have a job to replace it. They don't have the funds and they let their insurance lapse. And if I were to go in and if I couldn't afford to do it with my own company, partner with a couple of people, partner with a local insurance agent, partner with a local health insurance agent, partner with a couple of other people, everybody throw in together, pay to replace this person's roof and get news coverage around it. Local business owners come together to buy a new roof for John Doe who fell on hard times. I guarantee you local news would cover that because it's a feel good story of the local business owner community coming together and helping a local resident. So anytime you can do something like that's feel good locally is massive. That's one example. I love that. So let's talk about the actual interview because we're talking about television. We're also talking about articles, right? So once you've secured that interview or that opportunity, what steps should they take to maximize that impact and really make the most out of the opportunity. And maybe if you can mention a couple of mistakes that people have made that they could try to avoid. Yeah, the biggest thing, and people go in getting the news coverage because they're excited. I call it logo ego, right? They're excited to put that pretty logo on their website. If you're ever mentioned in Forbes, you want to put that Forbes logo on your website because it looks great, right? The problem is a lot of people will go and they'll get the interview, get mentioned in the media, and they'll put the pretty logo on their website and they end it there. And I always say it's the worst thing you want to do because it doesn't really impact. And it's good for branding and branding is important, but you always want a funnel, right? You always want a landing page to send that audience to. The end goal shouldn't be getting the interview. The end goal is to leveraging that interview to bring in traffic to a page where you can capture that audience. And it needs to be a simple domain, especially if it's TV. If you're on TV and you say, go to LoneStarDads.com slash 
magazine slash TV news slash if you go on and on, no one's going to remember that. And no one's sitting there on their computer right now able to type in whatever domain you put on there. So something simple, changingjohnslife.com or mywebsite.com, something simple that goes to a domain and doesn't go to an actual website where you got a bunch of links, a bunch of things to click. Amy, you know all about this. A sales funnel is the best place to send people. It's funneling that traffic, capturing their information step-by-step instead of, hey, you can either sign up to consult with me or buy this product or have this supplement or here's this free ebook. And if you give them too many options, there's too much going on. So I always say, send them to a funnel, an easy to remember domain and a website where you can capture their information. Follow along as we replace John's roof. Just simply put in your email. Now you're building an email list that you can market to later. So that next hailstorm comes through, they'll remember, hey, XYZ Roofing Company replaced John's roof for free. That was really nice of them. Next time a hail comes through, I'm going to use John's company because I appreciate what they're doing for our community. I love that. It, it turns into a mini infomercial. A lot of times when I do marketing and for e-commerce, there I encourage them to try to do some sort of infomercial live stream. And you could do something super formal, like you're talking about, where it's it, there's an interview. And that is actually in your email sequences as well. So it's, I worked with a client, for example, I won't name the name of the company. They were in the yoga business and they were selling online yoga and they ended up getting a, doing a, a breast cancer awareness. They were on Good Morning America, all of that kind of stuff. And I was encouraging them to, because now they wanted to serve this new group of women that were specific to breast, breast cancer awareness. And they wanted that to be ongoing. So I said, the best thing that you can do is now take that clip of Good Morning America, which went live and now put it in your funnel so that those women that come in, they're going to be able to watch it. And then it's never ending. So I think that's because anytime somebody else is talking about you, it brings that whole level, another level of credibility. Especially from an authoritative platform. Testimonials used to work great. But the problem is now everybody is skeptical. And they have good reason to be, right? Because there's so yeah. many lies out there that they don't know if that's a real person, a real customer giving you a real testimonial. But if yeah. it's the news, if it's Good Morning America, if it's NBC, if it's CBS, then they know they still, even though there's a lot of issues in the news today, it still has that authority where it's okay. It, this has to be true because the news isn't going to cover that. And keeping politics out of it in business, yeah. the news isn't going to cover that if it if this person is a scam or a fraud or anything. Yeah, yeah, it brings that level of credibility. What advice would you give to anyone that is maybe that's an aspiring entrepreneur or business owner that's listening right now and they're thinking about this is might be a good idea for earned media for them. And what what really would what's the kind of a next step that they can take? The next step is personal brand is powerful. And I know it's intimidating to a lot of people, but building a business off of your name, it can be extremely important because everybody wants to feel like they're doing business with a person, not a corporation. They want that connection there. And if you look at some of the most successful companies out there, we know that's owned by, right? We know the name. Think of Walmart and Sam's Club. Sam Walton built Walmart and Sam's Club. And the only reason I know that is because he had a personal brand when he was alive. He used his name to build up. That's why it's called Walmart and Sam's Club. 
is because he built it off of his name, Sam Walton. So it's, if you look at the biggest names out there, they were built off of that. So sometimes you got to overcome that fear of, oh, I don't be in front of the camera. I don't like being in the face of a business or a brand. It's people like to do business that they know and trust. And so your personal brand has to have some part of your business the majority of the time. I'm not saying there's exceptions. There's always exceptions to every rule, but be comfortable with doing that. And then if you want that, go to Press Nation and use the software because that we get for 30 day free trial to it. And you can have connections to all 10 social platforms. And that's the next thing. Get on all of them. If you're not on Reddit, go get on Reddit. Learn about it. It's different. It's unique. But it, I think it's one of the most underused platforms, social platforms out there. And that's a good thing. The fact that marketers haven't destroyed Reddit yet means there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. And Amy, you know that once internet marketers get a hold of a trend, that trend doesn't last very long because everybody overuses it. I'd say go on all the social platforms that you that exist. Yeah, definitely. So now you're actually right now, you're recording your journey on mm -hmm. YouTube. And so that people can watch firsthand what you do now to build this new business that you've launched in this program. So how do you plan to involve your audience in that? What's the process and where can people follow you in your journey? Yeah. So if you look up PR power play on YouTube, you'll be able to find me there. And the reason it's called PR power play is what I'm doing is I'm building a seven figure company in 12 months without spending a dime on paid advertising. Now, would I recommend doing this? No, but I'm doing it just to prove that it works, right? If I have the money for paid advertising, I would use the money for paid advertising because I'm trying to build a software and paid advertising is a quick way to get in front of a lot of people. I am doing this simply because I want to prove to people that it is possible, that you can build through organic marketing. And when I say paid advertising, that's paid advertising and marketing are two different things, right? Marketing is an important aspect of your business, no matter what, whether it's paid for, you're paying for ads or not, you know, your email list is marketing, your sales funnels are marketing strategies, your social media are marketing, right? It's not paid advertising, it's still marketing. So I'm using marketing, I'm just not throwing paid ads behind it. And so you can watch me do that over the next 12 months, I'm sharing step by step, and I'm sharing my failures too, because I'm recreating what I did in the past, just in a different way. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this kind of the, some of the similarities behind what I do as a marketer and how you're harnessing the media and how I use advertising psychology with social media to generate leads. And I always liken it to news stories, being in the media, what they cover, how commercials are created, because that has been proven for centuries to work, to get business, to sell products, to make people watch the news, to cause a wave of excitement. And they focus on very specific things for a very specific reason. And they craft right. those messages in a way that will get people's attention because they're the top, one of the top 17 human needs. And then also it gets people to stop and look and listen and read and understand of, wow, what does this mean to me? And if it's a meaningful story, then people will be drawn in by the product, whatever it may be. And I use that exact same psychology in the social media realm. And so it's just a different 
angle. And, and even a lot of marketers that I meet with that do similar things to me, they don't necessarily go right after the advertising psychology. They might know components of it over here, but it's very aligned because at the end of the day, it's what works. It's what's proven to work. And it's something to just harness across your business, I think, in whatever way you can. Yeah. And public relations is just that it's relating to the public in every way possible. So definitely looking at the psychology of the human brain is the way that you have to go about it. If you want to be massively successful is understanding the way the brain works, every way that we pitch every media contact, every news interview I've landed, it's understanding the human brain, the way it functions, the way it likes to feel it releases oxytocin, the way it releases dopamine, It's understanding that deep psychology, when you understand that and understand relating to your audience is always important, right? Building loyalty, because we're all in competitive markets. I don't think there's very many markets that are not competitive anymore. You take a realtor. How many realtors do you think there are in Dallas-Fort Worth? You know what I mean? If you take a car insurance agent, a health insurance agent, they are in some of the most overwhelmingly, you know, saturated markets. What I don't ever see is I don't see a local expert, a realtor expert being interviewed on Fox News Dallas or NBC News or building that that authority behind that. Because you know what? If I had to choose between a, a realtor that I saw recommended on a Facebook group or a realtor that I saw featured in Fox, NBC, CBS, and ABC in Dallas-Fort Worth, I'm going with the one that's had all the media coverage because he must, he or she must know what they're doing if they've been featured on all the local media outlets. So it builds that trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have one more question for you. If you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle up. You're about to go on a journey. That that's really is. I would never go back and change anything. Because everything that happened the way it was supposed to, it sucked, but it needed to happen. I wouldn't be the father that I am, the husband that I am, the business owner that I am without the failures. I appreciate my failures. I don't hide them. I really screwed up. I made some major mistakes multiple times in my past, but I needed to make those mistakes to get to where I am today. So I would just tell myself, buckle up and get ready. Maybe prepare (laughs) myself a little more, but I wouldn't warn myself or tell myself not to do something because those things needed to happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Andrew, if there are individuals that are listening that would love to get a hold of you and work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Just go to pressnation.io and you can get a hold of me there. That's our software that we've built and all my contact information can be found there as well. Okay, perfect. And I'll put all your links down below. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise today. Thank you. Yes. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit upcalledwithrive.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.